0: You're listening to Case 63, a Spotify audio series. (sighs) This message has traveled through two separate timelines over the course of almost 50 years to reach you. It shouldn't be possible for you to be listening to this... But the fact that you are is proof the stars have aligned and hundreds of independent events have come together to bring us both to this moment. Our agent in the field, Oliver Collins, has carried out a difficult mission and for the second time has been crucial to the way things have unfolded. If you're hearing my voice right now, it also means you've overcome the trauma of arriving in a new timeline. I know you must have questions, of course you do. But first things first, Let's get your memory back. I need you to close your eyes and listen to this song. The melody has a neural key which will reignite the memories broken up by time travel. Try to take slow, deep breaths. Don't think, just breathe. Focus on the rising and falling of your chest. Let the sound just take you away. Here we go. I remember, I remember everything. I remember everything. It's been a long time Beatrix. Welcome to the 2012 timeline. On behalf of the project I'd like to thank you for taking on this mission. Your work is heroic even if it's invisible to the rest of the world. You may be wondering why we chose the year 2012, wondering if you're the only one, or if there are more travelers trying to find the right vortexes and save us from annihilation. I'll try to answer all your questions. After the discoveries on Mars, we worked out how to travel from an ongoing universe to an earlier point in time, and so the project was established. Its goal was simple prevent the end of the world. The project could send someone into the past, generate a vortex and change the future of a new timeline, but not the future of the original timeline. We were looking for the place where the smallest changes could have the biggest positive impacts. At first, we thought the best way to do that was to change the narrative of history. Writers, scientists, thinkers, and philosophers, they were the first people we targeted and turned into our unknowing agents. Through them, we were hoping to instill in the general population an understanding of how dangerously close the world was to almost total destruction. The dream was to create enough awareness, mindfulness, and response that the world would take steps to stop Pegasus before it could even begin. That's all the early travelers did. The project called them sowers, time travelers who sowed seeds, sowed ideas. They gave the right people tiny nudges in the right direction just enough to give them the plot of a novel or the inspiration for a scientific breakthrough or the premise of a film, anything to warn the world of the dangers of what was coming and to help them change the timeline. In 2062, when I started, 146 volunteers had already been sent to various points in different timelines. See, most of the films and TV shows and books about global pandemics or the dangers of artificial intelligence or about the power of social networks, everything that came out between 1948 and 2019, that was a direct result of us. But all the work of those 146 travelers failed. No matter how much sewing was done, no matter how many warning signs were sent, humanity never understood. We always ended up on the same path. We always ended up with Pegasus and the end of the world in the year 2062. After running through every conceivable scenario, the project realized that the best way to alter the timeline was to alter the origin of the virus itself. So a more drastic form of intervention was necessary. There were volunteers that were definitely more prepared than I was, but none of them had experienced the garnier Mallet event with you. That was the deciding factor, the thing that suggested that somehow, despite the odds, I would succeed. No one would be closer to the origin point of Pegasus than you, and no one had a better chance of convincing you than I did. They call it entanglement, which is a way of saying, I've always loved you. When you failed in 2022, I should have traveled to the previous Vortex, but I couldn't. We haven't cracked all the math on time travel just yet, which means once an individual travels from one timeline to another, that's it. That first trip changes the nervous system in a way that makes any and all subsequent trips impossible. Volunteers who traveled twice, they, well, they didn't recover. That's why the best solution was to send you instead. And you agreed, which made me love you more than ever. But it means I'll never see you again. You'll never get to Rome. You will never be with me in this hotel room where I'm recording this message. You may be wondering, why don't we just send someone to kill Marie Baker sometime before she boards that plane to London? You'd think it'd be the most efficient solution. One life destroyed so that millions can live. Well, it's been tried. The project did send agents back to do just that, but it never works. Call it... The elasticity of time or the underlying structure of timelines or just fate. But something protects individuals from that kind of intervention. A traveler cannot simply remove a life from a timeline because it destroys every future birth or death that individual is related to. Any attempt to kill Marie Baker ends in failure. We are somehow protected by the time around us. I wish people knew that. Put simply, Marie Baker is immune to murder. But she isn't immune to organic interventions such as your attempt to inject her with my blood or dying by her own hand. So we have to explore other options. And that's where you and the year 2012 come in. In the project, we call it the Great Hinge Year. The last year where everything could still be averted. Social networks have just created the algorithms that lead us to the egregore in 2027. Digital assistance with deep learning models, the kind that will lead to the Great Deletion, have just become available. And most important of all, in 2012, after a coronavirus caused the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, and to widespread devastation in that part of the world, many scientists spoke out about the need for a vaccine. But no institution that was big enough, public or private, saw the need for it back then. If we had developed the vaccine, the 2020 pandemic would have been stopped before it even began, and Pegasus would still be the winged horse from Greek mythology. We've sent sowers to try to rearrange all these events into the right configuration, but they've failed every single time. Come on, Peter. Tell me what I have to do. I'm here. In the year 2012, where you are now, Marie Baker is 17 years old. You have to find her. Oliver will help. This is the year she meets Danielle Knight. If you're early enough, stop the two of them from meeting. If they already know each other, you're gonna have to do some sewing yourself. Put a thought into Marie's head, something that will stop her from getting on that plane in 2022. If you can do that, we'll finally get to timeline 63. So far, we've never seen any conclusive proof that the world, that any world can go past the year 2062. The people behind the project have started talking about the utopia scenario. The one where absolutely everything finally goes right. They call it case 63. The timeline where Pegasus doesn't exist, where our civilization finally makes it to 2063 and beyond where we prosper and grow and learn from our mistakes. A timeline where we travel to the stars and finally stop destroying ourselves in every sense of those words. The project's data suggests there is no other possible vortex, no other set of circumstances where we can escape from this destructive cycle. For travelers, it's it's a one-way trip. You can never go back. So once you've completed your mission, you have to give up everything. Lose yourself out in the world, become invisible. You'll know how. I don't need to tell you that any additional interventions beyond steering Marie Baker away from that airport are going to lead to disaster. Anomalous vortexes or parasitic timelines that might immediately turn your world into a failed universe. Be very careful. I am sending this message from my hotel room in Rome the room where you and I were going to trigger the Garnier MLA event that joins us. That's not going to happen anymore. Not in my timeline, at least. We will never see each other again, which means I won't have the dream and I won't be selected as a traveler to go back to 2022. And yet, I did travel. I am here. There is a paradox here that I don't understand yet. A casual loop maybe because i failed i've been left in a sacrificial timeline but even from here i can help another timeline your 2012 timeline is still alive and full of possibility i wish you all the luck in the world i still have a lot of time 40 years to go before the project reads my message and forwards it to you but i'd rather record it for you now this afternoon looking around this room The bed, the window, the roofs of this old, eternal city in a hotel room in Rome. It's a beautiful day. The sun on the red tiled rooftops. I love you, Beatrix. And even though on this afternoon in my universe there is one less person, one beautiful soul who is not here, even now, even 10 years into the terrible future in another goddamn universe, if I close my eyes, I can feel you, Beatrix, right here, with me, (sighs) entangled, you and me, the entanglement. you feel it too. Maybe that's what true love is. Feeling you're not alone, knowing you're not alone, even if everything in every universe tells you you are and always will be. Peter. Case 63. Created and written by Julio Rojas. Adapted by Mara Vélez-Meléndez. Directed by Mimi O'Donnell. Starring Julianne Moore and Oscar Isaac. Executive produced by Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, and Mimi O'Donnell. Produced by Alexandra K. Brown and Katie Pastor. Sound supervision by Jonathan Roberts. Score by Moat.